Hey, listeners. Before we get into the new episode of Kaiju Transmissions, I want to do a quick plug for a guest spot that Matt and I and our friend Tom, who you've heard on the podcast before, um, did for another podcast. Uh, That is the Movie Graveyard Podcast, hosted by our friend The Goat, who uh, you may remember did the Power Rangers episode with us. But we did a full commentary track for the 1998 Godzilla movie, and I think it turned out really good. We had a lot of fun doing it, and um, hopefully you guys will check it out. And I know a lot of people might not be eager to revisit that movie, but... I don't really think you have to. I think you can enjoy it without having to watch that movie. So, yeah, go check that out and also uh, enjoy this episode coming up. This is the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Host Kyle Bird with me is who is with me. Everybody's Matt. Yes, um, you sound very sedated. I am. It's been a uh, it's been a long week. Okay, we're here. We're doing another audio commentary. Uh, this one is a little different. Um, this this is a, a special edition audio commentary. Matt, why don't you tell? the listeners at home, why that is. Uh, well, we have the man who needs no introduction, Mr. Norman England. Uh, we're going to be talking about GMK today. So, Norman, I understand that you spent a lot of time on the set of this movie. I think you were there, like, basically every day for the shooting. Is that correct? Uh, pretty much every day, I guess. Um, I mean, it's hard to remember what was this 2001 so that was 17 years ago oh but no God. actually I, I, <laughs> I don't rub it in no I, I remember quite well but yeah anyway um yeah the gmk said i would say that i was there for about 80 percent of the shooting because i had to also work at the same time so i mean basically my schedule was i would work my day job monday tuesday and then wednesday thursday friday saturday and occasionally there was shooting on sunday would be you know over at toho or over on location in yokohama or somewhere in tokyo you know so no it was uh quite the experience i guess you know as a godzilla fan and i um i mean i'd already been on this set of Godzilla 2000, a couple days on that, and then on uh, Megagiras, I had been on that set several times, including the um, opening shots in Osaka. 
because I was, it was actually, it was kind of funny. I was living in Osaka at the time when Megagiras was shot. So, um, yeah, I went to the set, you know, you know, the opening in Megagiras where, um, you see the bridge and, uh, Tan uh, Misato Tanaka's running across the bridge and stuff, and I went up to the director, Tezuka, and I said hi, and he goes, what the hell are you doing in Osaka? I'm like, I live here. He thought I lived in Tokyo, so. But then when, when, uh, and it was just, they were just shooting it down the road from me, so it was great, you know, very convenient, but then when the GMK shoot got, I don't want to say announced, because I knew it was happening before it was officially announced, but, um, I worked out with Kaneko to move to Tokyo so I could be on the set um, freely. And it kind of worked out pretty well. I mean, the Toho guys are really great. The PR guys, um, Studio Pass. Um, and it was a lot different. I just want to mention it was a lot different back then. Like when you see Toho now and people make their so-called pilgrimages over to Toho and you see um, there's like a where that Godzilla statue is now. Um, and there's a reception desk over there and there's, you know, you got to sign in. And back then there was like guard booths with like, there were two guard booths. One had like two old guys and the other one had like one old guy, you know, and it was, I, I don't want to say security was lax, but it was a lot, uh, not what you would expect it to be. So now when I, when I go to Toho now, um, you have to go up to the front desk. There's like four young girls there and two security guards. You have to sign in. You've got to get a pass that you have to wear around your neck. You know, I don't want to say like, oh, in the old days, but in the old days, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, it, it was, I don't want to say, yeah, like I said before, it wasn't lax or anything like that. It was just not, you know, now it's like, going into a maximum security prison or something like that. So, um, you know, and actually it's funny. And, and speaking about GMK is I spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with, uh, Hideo Amamoto, you know, who plays the old guy in this. And he would tell me, we would have lunch together, the two of us. And he would tell me old stories like in the old days, this place, you'd see, uh, they had the the lunch the cafeteria was over there and they'd have to serve lunch to three thousand people and blah 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 you know so i mean toho has gone through a lot of changes over the years so i kind of got in on the end of one phase i guess you know and now now toho you know they removed the pool they've uh removed studio one and two which were the original um stages that were built back in 32 and uh no and that's that was a big shock because um yeah no they just not only i thought they were going to rebuild these old studios but they just uh, these old stages but they just removed them and drove a road right through it i mean they kind of shrunk toho down a bit hmm. so things over there seem to be pretty stable um, in terms of construction and stuff like that, you know, and the construction started, I guess, uh, even in, uh, what was that? Tokyo SOS, they had, um, they had started renovating things like, uh, Studio 7 was a big brand new stage that they had built and they shot, I remember, 
being in there for the that was on the it was in Tokyo. So it was Mecha Godzilla. That's right. So even the the what is it? What is it, what do you call it in, in English? The second the <clears throat> Tezuka the second Tezuka film. Uh, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Okay, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. You know, like at the ending when uh, Shaka Yumiko was there and uh, the little girl is there and uh, that actor whose name is not coming to me. They're all standing there, you know, looking up at Mechagodzilla. That was all in the new Studio 7. So, um, yeah, they had started working, I guess, after just after GMK, they started building new stages and stuff. So, really, um, and then by the time Final Wars came on, you know, there was more stages being built. And then, as you know, the pool was gone. And if you go over there now, I mean, really, I think only 8 and 9 are the only ones that had been there, like, since the i don't know when eight and nine was if, if ed got to chesky was here he could tell me the exact date but <laughs> i'm not ed so uh i don't know if, if you guys are ready to start the movie we can go on and yeah we can hear more tales from what is now the old days of toho which is surreal <laughs> but time flies so um I guess uh, none of us are using the Sony disc, so for those at home playing along, um, we are right at the fade-in to the Toho logo, so when we say start, then that's when you press play, and we will talk, and um, I don't know, typically we like to do commentaries where, you know, they're not necessarily screen-specific, so I mean, if you're driving in your car or something... You can still listen, uh, but we'll probably check in with the movie every now and then and um, and, and discuss something. And um, I know I have a few things to bring up uh, while we watch this, and I know Matt does as well. So, um, is everybody ready? We are. No. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'll count down. I'll say one, two, three, play. And on play, press the little play button on your remote. So, one, two, three, and play. All right, there's that Toho logo. So, um, well, Norman, you were telling us a little bit about how, um, you know, how much time you've spent on these sets. How, uh, I guess now is a good time to ask, um, how did you you know, get so involved. I mean, obviously, I think, well, I and a lot of other people know that you were doing pieces and set visits for G-Fan and Fangoria, but how did you get to the point here where you were on the set nearly every day? Um, that's a good question. I, well, like you said, I mean, uh, mainly with Fangoria. I mean, with, yeah, everything was with Fangoria, so, um, you know the uh, I just say in the in this instance I became friends with Kaneko through several pieces that I did and you know hanging out with him and stuff like that and he seemed to respond to my sense of humor and um, my knowledge of films you know and we just sort of hit it off I mean just as as friends and stuff like that so when this when he got this job. Um, no, I, 
I was in Tokyo actually uh, doing some kind of Fangoria piece. As I said earlier, I was living in Osaka, so I was doing some Fangoria piece. And um, we were having lunch, and I had heard the rumor that he'd got Godzilla, so I managed to drag it out of him. And uh, then I just said, hey, you know, I want to I wanna be on set, and I want to, you know, follow the filmmaking from start to finish. And he was like, sure, okay. So then he helped me get an apartment, and I moved here pretty quickly. You know, I was living in Osaka for nine years, so I was ready to ready to skip out of that town because there's not really a lot um, filmmaking-wise going on in Osaka. Um, anyway, so then, you know, Toho was fine, and I and I I had started a a web page. Kaneko wanted to make a web page. You remember web pages. <laughs> and uh, we and it's still up. Kaneko's webpage is still up, and I did that for several years. And uh, so Toho actually thought of me more as a guy doing Kaneko, the director's webpage, which sort of justified me being there every day. And then a couple weeks into shooting, Tomiyama came up to me. The producer Tomiyama came up to me and he said, oh, I, I have this idea, Norman. You're on the set all the time. You're talking to everybody. You should do set reports for the toho um website so for godzilla and the next one tokyo not tokyo ss uh, mecha godzilla, uh, godzilla against mecha godzilla i did a thing called the norman report which i didn't name <laughs> <laughs> the, the pr guys named it that so i would do uh like kind of spotlight one of the staff and or the actors and you know, ramble on about my um, experiences with them during the shooting of the film. And uh, I think, you know, I mean, I still get actually Japanese fans who are like, oh, I, I loved all your Norman reports. And it was the first time that we ever got like um, on set reports as they were happening. So uh, people seem to still remember that. But anyway, that's kind of how I was able to keep coming back every day. <clears throat> Uh, well, well, I want to mention right now, um, I love the opening credits. Well, I love the score, Otani's score. Um, right. But I love the opening credits, which I'm sure is his kind of homage to some of the Showa films that opened against, you know, monsters' scales or their, their spines. And um, I'm assuming that's also <laughs> the reason for the insanely long title, which, I mean, we... <laughs> We've, we just keep all call it GMK, but it's Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Um, did, it, did that title, um, uh, was that something that anyone had discussed with you as, you know, kind of, a, I guess, a throwback to some of those old not, movies? Not really. I mean, actually, like a Japanese anime and all of that, I had... Like back in the 80s, when I first got interested in, say, Japanese stuff, even though I'd been watching Godzilla and Gamera as a kid, but, you know, um, I'm not like a big anime fan or anything like that, but, um, you know, I, had, I did get some stuff. I uh, bought some VHS tapes and stuff, and I was always amazed at how long the titles were. You know, and I, I think it's kind of a, a thing in japan they've got titles have gotten shorter in japan but i think 
back in the older days, they were just generally longer. So, I mean, I don't really know what the origin of the title of this film is, but it sort of, to me, isn't that um, astonishing. Mm -hmm. You know, but I remember when, before shooting, and Kaneko gave me a copy of the script, and we were out for dinner with some of the ADs on the film, and I'm like, so what's the nickname of this film going to be? You know, because it was just too long to say, you know. <laughs> and Kaneko said to me right away, before shooting, GMK. So that, was, that became the little, um, the shortened version of it, so. And it seems to have stuck. I mean, I can go to IMDB and type in GMK, and it comes up that way, so. Yeah. Um, well, uh, since it sounds like you had talked with him around the time you know he knew he was getting the job um i i think it's pretty well known now that um the intent wasn't to have Ghidorah and mothra in here uh it was going to be in addition to baragon varan and bar or i'm sorry varan and uh angelus that's right angelus i don't do this Angiris stuff um <laughs> But uh, is that something that any Kaneko or anyone, you know, around the set had talked about? You know, the the, the replacement of the monsters and, you know... No, I mean, it's not or... really. I mean, you know, people make a, a big deal about that. And I know Kaneko, it was an issue. Um, it was an issue mm -hmm. at first, you know, but after it's decided, it's not like people are like, oh, God, I wish it had been like Angiris in the scene. It's like once it was decided, people were like, okay, this is what it is. And so we got to, you know, make do with. So I never heard any grumbling, you know, on the set or anything like that. I don't yeah. think after shooting was going, anyone really cared. I mean, it might, it seemed a little weird when you watch the film, like why is Mothra, what is Mothra? The Mothra's in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that seems a little odd, but, that was, you know, none, none of these things are perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, if you look on the, I just want to mention, you look on this screen right now and you see these, uh, the guys on the motorcycles there. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were, they were laughing at this scene because they're like, are there really, there, there aren't gangs in Japan on motorcycles that ride around <laughs> on bikes, you know, and actually there are. You know, and, and, I feel like makes, the motorcycle gangs are kind of in a lot of places in the world. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think <laughs> actually the only reason why I wanted to interrupt that before was because um, I think some people like th that don't live in Japan, you know, they have this idea that everybody is really respectful and uh, kind and gentle. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, they are there. They are. But I mean, there's a, like a lot of like screwed up people here and there are gangs yeah you know and there are these th these guys are like nationalists it's like a nationalist gang i mean i don't see them a lot and they're not really in tokyo you see them more in osaka but also more in the countryside you know and it, it's it's like any place i mean it's like it stems from having nothing to do you know um you know when i say by nothing to do is just like um you know, there's more to do you generally in the city than there is to do um, out in the, the countryside. So you, that's where the gangs tend in Japan tend to congregate those kinds of people. So, yes, they do exist. I just wanted to say that. Um, um, 
Well, and actually, let me let me also this scene right here was done on a Sunday afternoon at a this uh, the digital. What's it called again? BS Digital Q is that it? The BS Digital Q, right? And uh, no, I had a lot of fun. Actually, if you look over in the third guy over there sitting is Matsumoto, and he's the effects um, supervisor on the film. He's actually compositing GMK shots while he's in the movie. So I thought that was <laughs> kind of awesome. awesome. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. I, I wouldn't have known that at all. Um, uh, um, you know, and they would, and Kaneko made me get out of the shots. I had my own desk, but he's like, I, a foreigner wouldn't be working, <laughs> wouldn't be working at this. Oh, and here's one of my contributions to the film: is this uh, the English? They do a close-up of my uh, the the ah, label. I yeah. oh my god, right? <laughs> and, uh, one of the ads came up to me, um, Ida, who I really like. And he still works at Toho. But he came up, he goes, Norman, we need some labels. We got it for this thing. And I was like, okay, what do you want to say? Whatever just would look fine on a missile. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, when do you need it? Oh, like, could I get it in like 10 minutes? I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, like, sure. You know, welcome to the movie business. <laughs> and actually, I want to mention this shot here. You see this thing going, and you see how it's kind of jittery and stuff like that? Yeah, the... It, the CG yeah, they, these are all like yeah. They, these are all after effects that they added in. Um, they do it with Baragon when you see Baragon, like, and everything sort of shakes around. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. What was? Yeah, I really they added that on afterwards. So when we had the first previews of it at Toho, you know, we do like um, what do they call it? Rushes when we would see rushes, and I really liked it without that effect. <laughs> So I always like, ah, uh, you know, I said, Matsumoto, why did you put it on? He's like, he's yelling and everything's shaking around. I'm like, hey, I kind of liked it when it wasn't shaking around. But um, anyway. Um, um, well, we mentioned the gang earlier. Was that, um, I mean, I guess we, we'll get into, you know, some of the, the message of the movie. Um, but was, was, was there a reason that... Um, there was uh, a nationalist gang reflected in that scene. Yeah, was I mean, yeah, Kaneko has it in there because he's not into nationalism. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, I mean, you know, they, they, I don't think they come across as, like, um, guys you want to take home to, you yeah. know, meet the folks or something like that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They, they, I don't, you know, they're spitting on the guy and, you know, they're generally rude guys. So, um, no, I mean, Kaneko is far from being a nationalist, which I think he's been accused of, or this film has been oddly enough accused of being a nationalist film. That's kind of come up, it's Recently. been strange in that it's, it's really only something that's been discussed in recent times, you know, last year or two. Uh, I think the topic of nationalism in Godzilla movies really blew up with Shin Godzilla. Um, and I think, I mean, Matt and I have discussed this on this podcast. I think we, you, we've discussed it with you on this podcast. The It's not that someone, you know, can't just appreciate Shin Godzilla, but I think for whatever reason, the, the accusations leveled at it for being, you know, nationalist or soft nationalism 
I think it's convinced a certain section of fans of that movie to kind of look at fan favorites, even 54, and find things that could be extrapolated or, you know, misinterpreted as nationalist. You know, I know there was a podcast um, that, uh, you know, uh, recently did a whole episode on GMK and was just kind of seemed oblivious to the kind of more pacifist undertones and really just kind of looked at what could be interpreted as nationalist. And, you know, their whole crux of that was, well, why are, does everyone love GMK and Shin Godzilla is under fire for the same thing? And I, I think it's a lot of just this kind of mental gymnastics to try and retrofit something into, you know, whatever agenda. All I mean, right. I, I mean, I, I don't think anyone that likes Shin Godzilla, I don't think any of us are the biggest fans, but I don't think anyone that likes it should be afraid to just say, hey, you know, this is a more nationalist spin on this. Well, I mean, that's that's always been my point with, with uh, Shin Godzilla, is it's fine if you like it, but don't, you know, but you have to recognize what's actually, you know, the the intent behind the film. Right, yeah, you know, I mean, like... The, the intent behind that film, let, let me put it this way, the intent behind Shin Godzilla is to kind of stir up a feeling of pride in Japan. You know, and the point of GMK is to remind Japanese of the folly of war. Mm-hmm. You know, and the folly of of nationalism. You know, like for example, there's a scene later on with um, Uzaki Ryudo, who we see right here, and he's on the ship with uh, another guy, and they're talking about. Um, I always felt it was the job of the military to keep the peace. Yeah, you know, which I I think, you know, is like, or you know, and that was you know, me and Kaneko would talk about this a lot you know and i always say you know my own personal belief is that when war starts out it means that your government has failed you know because uh, for me i think part of the point of having uh politicians and you know uh, an international stage is that um that they keep us out of war not get us into war so i i've always since i was a kid you know back during vietnam i've always looked at it personally you know, that war shows a failure of government. And I think Kaneko feels the same way. You yeah. know, and, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that GMK is, uh, I'm not saying that Shin Godzilla is saying, you know, we got to build up the military, but in a way it is, because that's, you know, that's part of what's going on in Japan right now is like our sovereign right to, to arm ourselves. But in any case, I mean, you know, me and Kaneko, speak about this all the time and i know that um i mean his parents were communists for for god's sake and uh i think when kaneka was a boy um uh what did he do i think it was one of the russian astronauts visited japan and, and kaneka went went up on stage and gave him some flowers or something like that so i mean he was raised in a kind of socialistic um household um, you know, I know, it's, and his parents were very anti-war, and you know they're very and they're and I I knew Kaneko's mom really well uh, until she died, uh, I guess about eight years or so ago. 
But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, that's basically, I mean, I, when people say that GMK is a nationalistic film, I just sort of got to laugh, you know, because I think that they're pulling, you know, like you said before, they're just, you know, they've got something, you know. You, yeah, you I, I just, I, I, like, I mean, for example, like, um, 80s, mo- like, you know, one thing I like, I like, like, some dumb 80s action movies. One of those is, like, Red Dawn. I'm not going to sit and pretend Red Dawn is... <laughs> not you know a, it's... anything but a propaganda movie. No, <laughs> yeah I... <laughs> exactly you know it, it doesn't mean i can't like the movie you know it, it, so it's it's strange how that was handled and and yeah the, i think it's this movie is definitely critical of i guess the way japan feels about um or about their part in world war ii and um uh sorry i'm getting distracted by all these cameos i see kawakita there very uncomfortable and i saw tezuka <laughs> just a minute ago like, also the first time we we showed this film at toho when we saw when kawakita came on everybody was cracking up <laughs> and then the the woman there that's um ken watanabe's wife right 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 um but she <laughs> lives close to Kaneko, and and I was I was oh, this is like a year or so after GMK, and we were walking down the streets of uh, near in in the shopping district, and she it was snowing slightly, and she came riding up on a bicycle. She had been shopping. It's very cute. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I guess yeah, yeah she's a, a I mean a personal friend of Kaneko's yeah, and yeah. stuff. That's how he got her in the film. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, well, I guess here we're we're going to get into some of what we were talking about of the um, what I was just okay, saying. I, and I wanted to actually, I just wanted to add one more thing because I don't want to dwell on politics, you know, while watching this. But um, I think I wouldn't say, you know, I was talking about lots of messages that were my own personal ones. I don't really think are basically in the film itself, but mm. I think mostly to like I kind of said before is like GMK is just about not forgetting yeah you know the past you know and not forgetting where um nationalism led japan yeah, yeah and, know, and, that's, and that's that's really what it's what it's about it's not it's not a call to rearm themselves or yeah. like i said before our, our sovereign right to protect ourselves yeah you know? yeah and, and that, that's and, um and and, and and amamoto i mean this guy well, yeah, Nobody he's about to kind of spell that out for us. That's kind of yeah. where I was going before I was distracted yeah, by I the round table of cameos. <laughs> personally, this guy, nobody hates the Japanese government more than this guy. I mean, this guy would go on and on about how much, what an ass the emperor was. And, uh, I mean, he was, in the, he was in World War II, and he was sent to China. And his fiance was killed um in the bombings in tokyo and he never he never remarried i mean he didn't he didn't get married to her but he never went out he never got married i mean he was so dedicated to this woman from what he told me um but he's like i don't blame the americans at all it was japanese's fault you know it was my government's fault my government killed my 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 fiance so this guy like he was pretty intense you know about about his uh um yeah just his point of view towards the government's like oh man i kind of like this guy <laughs> i'm not saying I, I i agree with him 
but I like anybody that has kind of a a strong pacifistic opinion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, 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 it definitely, I know that some of the atrocities on the Japanese end, you know, the Nanking massacre, things like that aren't necessarily talked about a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, a big part of this message is, you know, don't forget that and uh, i mean it speaks for all countries you know he even they even spell that out in the movie more or less but um an interesting thing is uh when we had you on before you were talking about um the way you know with japan and their film market right now you know the nationalism slant is in and you know they have things like you know the cool japan initiatives and and these things like that that kind of uh govern how their movies are made do you think a movie with this kind of message could even be made now i remember you telling us about yeah I, no i i think yeah, it, it can and, and and in any case let's talk about gmk yeah <laughs> i don't want to get into politics <laughs> yeah really Sure, sure. Now, like I said, sure, yeah, it can get made, and there are films that are getting made that are very critical of Japan, but, I mean, they're not big money yeah. makers or anything like that. I mean, and this film isn't really super critical of Japan yeah, either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's more of kind of a... It's, it's just it's an little, attitude. Right, it's more broad strokes. But I, I do remember when we had you on the first time, you were saying that there were a few ideas that Kaneko wanted to kind of play with a little bit more. In regards to yeah, that. but but I mean that was just in the development, and Kaneko's yeah. not a guy. I mean, he he tries to um see both sides of the mm-hmm. the, the he tries I love, to give. I love a, the a, scene, a, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, but I just okay. <laughs> this scene's hilarious. Yeah, no, actually, and and to to get away from the politics stuff, yeah, this right here. I mean, this miniature was fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And that foot dropping was i that was really fun to be there for that um no there was a lot of work went in in that and what you see on screen is like not even like not even half of what what's really in that the 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 um what i say the what was on set is much wider what is much bigger when i saw it on screen i was like that's it you know because there's really a lot that was going on there and and i'd say that took several days to get set up, you know, that, that, that quick shot. That there. is kind of, uh, for guys like us that are into the miniatures and practical effects, that's kind of a little bit of the downfall as an audience member is you're only seeing these sets from one angle, <laughs> you know, where, right. you know, if, when you're there, you know, there's, you know, an entire cityscape to walk through, you know, we just see it on our, on our screens from the angle shooting it. Actually, I was really appreciating some of the stuff that you. I'm assuming these are all your a lot of your pictures from uh, Japanese giants, like flipping through this magazine. Oh yeah, so those many are all mine. Shots. Like, I, the, I the shouldn't set say pictures that. are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the set pictures are. I mean, like they're wonderful. We you can see clearly what you're talking about, where the movie frames one portion of it, but there's so much more. And like I, the set where um, Godzilla ultimately kills um, Baragon, like it, it that set is ginormous. And I'm looking at all these pictures, and it's just wonderfully put together it's pretty cool to look at speaking of set photos uh now would be a good time to talk about probably the 
the picture of yours that uh, is probably gone viral, I would say, of the little boy crying <laughs> in front of the Godzilla oh, right, suit. Right. Didn't we talk about that before? Yeah, we, yeah, we did, but, you know, I think it's worth rehashing, uh, especially... Okay. Well, it's just really... <laughs> we're I mean, talking about the movie. Yeah, well, uh, okay, that scene was the tail on the hospital scene. And just one of the guys that was a temp guy. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping that. The girl on the other end over there, I had lunch with her. She's a very, very adorable girl. But I have this great photo, and I think I put it on Kaneko's website. He might have made me take it down. But she was playing because all of those computers on the screens are actually running um, Windows, I guess. Uh, it was either 95, 98, I think. They were all running Windows 98. And she was playing the... Uh, the solitaire game, you know, the Windows solitaire <laughs> game. So when they were getting those shots set up, me and Kaneko were giving her pointers on how to play the solitaire game <laughs> while the crew was setting up. Um, uh, anyway, about the the uh, the kid crying. No, I mean, it was it was during the hospital shooting, the hospital collapse, and uh, yeah, just. The guy, I mean, people do that. You've seen old photos of people, kids standing around mm -hmm. the suits and stuff like that. So, I mean, all through all the productions, the Millennium Productions, people would bring their, their families in. I bring my girlfriends over or bring other friends of mine to the set, too, and uh, um, take photos with, you know, the, the, uh, the giant monsters and stuff. And this kid just had a negative reaction to it, <laughs> you know. And he really freaked out. And I think I had said before, but I liked, he walked away and he was like calming down. He goes, I like Mothra better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, this, this is, here is the actual first shot. Okay, that, I was right above that, right when Hotaru falls in. I was right above, that was so, so scary. Actually, I was up in the rafters on that. But this, him tumbling down, these are all the, the first day of shooting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so this, and I asked Kaneko, why did you do this as the first day? And he says, because Hotaru is really energetic guy, and I thought it would be a good way to energize the staff, you know, by having him on the set the first time. Well, I was going to ask you about him because, I mean, he's in a bunch of Kaneko's stuff, so, you know, I know that you're familiar with him, but he was also in uh, your movie, The Idol. Uh, right. And, yeah, he's always playing these broad characters that you know they have these reactions and mug at the camera like is he that i mean you just kind of said he's very energetic is that kind of part of his real life personality also no i mean no i mean he i just saw him a couple of months ago i mean he's always he's a good guy very calm collected you know it's just the way he acts i mean this is his kind of his acting style yeah, yeah. you um, know so um Here's a scene I was not on hand for, you know, and I uh, talking about my experiences. I, like I said, I would, you know, there's two shoots going on simultaneously. So you have the effects crew and the, uh, the live action crew, which they would call, you know, Kamiya Gumi and Kaneko Gumi and Gumi translates to mean team. So, um, oh, this girl, what's her name? Uh, Tomoko. Tomoko, she was a big idol girl. Um, actually, I have to say something funny with her. Is I'm in Shimokitazawa, and I'm, and I'm walking down the street, and she comes down, and she's with her mom. 
And she looks at me and she goes really loud, I know this guy. Why do I know you? And I just go, GMK. She goes, that's right. <laughs> and then she introduced me to her mom. But she was a big idol back at the, at the time. And um, Kaneko likes idols. She's also in another Kaneko movie called um, Koini Utaiba. I think it's called To Sing of Love or something like that, a musical that Kaneko did soon after the film. And I had, was saying something before, but I, got inter I interrupted myself. <laughs> that's the problem when you're doing these things like you know the scenes are jumping around you know and on, oh i was talking about the different sets so you know these are all when i would go to the set sometimes would be i have to make a choice do i go to live action or do i go to the special effects you know and i and and other times like scenes like this this is shot at, on this is shot at toho i mean this is all a set that they built so on the days like this i would go back and forth between the two Oh, and this is this is all in Yokohama. This was this fantastic day on Yokohama. Um, actually, I just got in the shot right there. My elbow was in the shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever publicly said before. Um, but anyway, the um, this was on uh, all these are these scenes right here are really fun. Um, in this kind of big office in uh, Yokohama. And the cameraman on this, uh, it was the same cameraman on uh, uh, Mega Giras. What did he say? Yeah, they shot a scene in Mega Giras. We had lunch in this big auditorium room. He's like, oh, we shot this scene in Mega Giras in this room. Okay. <laughs> I think he volunteered to tell me that, but. Um, anyway, yeah, no, uh, and then uh, Yuki here, you know, who's in all the other Godzilla, uh, the Gamera films of Kaneko's. Mm -hmm. I've worked with him a couple times, and he's um, speaks very good English. I mean, not flawless English, but very good. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, he was fun. I got to know him on this. We had lunch together a couple times, and he came by with relatives of his and i took them around studio nine so they could do the obligatory obligatory photos with a godzilla suit you know but um yeah but anyway i think so then these scenes and then the scenes at night later on when chiharu is talking to her dad on the um the the, the radio you know in the back of the jeep later on those are all shot on this same day is it true that at one point Kaneko wanted to do double duty as uh, the drama director and the effects director? Yeah, he did want to do that because his point was not that to go against tradition or anything like that, but his, his, he wanted it to be kind of more like an American film, mm -hmm. you know, where you have the director. Like, no one, you know, they talk about Star Wars, you know, and, and no one talks about, like, like I said before, Haneko Gumi, um, Kamiya Gumi, or, you know, Okawada Gumi, and uh, Kawakita Gumi, you know, there, there's definitely, it wasn't so much like he wanted all the credit, he wanted it to make it feel like a more unified film. Yeah. This is Kaneko's wife, by the way, Nanako. Um, and, and this is, she's also in Gamera. Like, she has a watermelon in, I think, Gamera 1. She's at the... Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. 
So, no, I, I know Nanako very well. Um, she was an actress, and she's still doing, like, some kind of acting stuff or uh, um, management, I think, um, actors' management. Um, I'm jumping around again. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, 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 anyway, no, you're interrupting me. No, anyway, anyway, I was not, I was not there. This was, I wasn't here for this scene because I was over at the effects set. So it was like, sometimes it was really difficult. Like, oh man, I want to go and hang out with the actors. You know, oh, but they're going to blow something up. And I mean, there's nothing better than watching crap get blow, blown up at Toho, you know. So, uh, and both these guys, uh, Kobayashi, the guy here, and Chiharu, I mean, they were both lots of fun. I was actually here for these. And the, these were done in Studio 8, and it was, th that was the best time, because this set was built in Studio 8, and the effect set is in Studio 9. So it's just like going back, you know, it's like 10 feet, 10 feet to, to get onto each set. So those were always like, you know, me running back and forth between, between the two sets. And actually, this guy... On the left, I can't remember his name. He's also in The Grudge 2, the Japanese Grudge 2. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Um, I want to get back to a scene that we saw about 10 minutes ago and uh, kind of um, get into maybe some of the more unique to Japanese culture elements. Um, and uh, I will admit, I am not watching the Sony disc because I hate the... I mean, we talked about, a lot about this on last time you were on when we were talking about subtitling. I hate the subtitles, and I just think they're just terrible. So I'm watching um, a version with some fan-made subtitles. Really? Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the scene I'm talking about is a scene with... Um, with... Uh, uh, um, the two characters talking about rocks and, I guess, the memory of rocks. And it's, no matter what version of the movie I watch, no matter what subtitles I'm looking at, or if it's the dub, it, that the dialogue just seems very awkward. And I, I know, like, I've seen, like, Japanese shows and movies where, you know, they have the idea of an inanimate object that kind of possesses all of the things that it's been through. Like, you know, you wear a pair of shoes and you, you, you know, go... To France, you know, those shoes carry that, that object carries that, and I think that's kind of what they're going for, but the but if you look at any translation it just seems so clunky because they're saying like, yeah, I wonder it, if there's, a, if this is like nature's way of pressing a rock into a CD, and it just it, it never makes a lot of sense <laughs> no matter what version you, you look at. I will answer your question. This is the scene I'm talking about. You know, all those birds are put in on CG, so it would be fun to see them without before the CG insertion. And I think, oh yeah, this is. These are shot outdoors. Yeah, and that, and that uh, is the natural that, that sky. That wasn't where he's yelling. No, that wasn't the. That's a natural sky. The helicopter was put in. Um, no, I don't remember the Japanese dialogue offhand. There's Kawakita looking very uncomfortable again. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't it great? <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's basically what it is. I mean, I don't remember what the Japanese is, but that's they're just speculating, you yeah. know. So, I mean, 
Well, you know, but I know since living in Japan, like a friend of mine just died, and um, we were at his uh, funeral the other day. Kaneko came out for the funeral too because he was a friend of his too. And the guy's got a bunch of stuff at home, and the family doesn't want it. But it's like nobody really, no one wants dead people's stuff here because you feel that it does have some sort of spirit, you know, remaining inside. That's why apartments where people have killed themselves. People don't want to live in them, you know, and they have this kind of, um, uh, I don't, I don't know really how to put it, but you know, like something remains of, of the person mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, or some sort of memory, you know, gets, um, yeah, it gets, it gets like built embedded. into that object. You know, so that's, that's all that, uh, you know, from living in Japan for a quarter century, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way myself uh, here are the gods here's uh, there's Rie, Ota, Ota, and uh, um, ohashi akira ohashi who was gidra and baragon there and uh yeah i think i had oh this is the shot i think where it shakes around yep yeah yeah see like <laughs> that yeah i see what you're saying i mean yeah yeah see that kind of like i i liked it without it but Matsumoto <laughs> wouldn't listen to me. And the scenes I said, and that's actually in this shot right there, the, the legs are the uh, of uh, this the AD Ida. Those are actually his legs, not Amamoto's legs. Just wonderful trivia there. Okay. Um, I wasn't here for these. This was too far out. I think the crew, the live action crew, had to spend the night over there, so I wasn't there. Um, these uh, but these are sort of just like yeah i mean these are running scenes and i didn't do any cameo in this this film this foot falling through was done on the last night of shooting one of many shots on the last night of shooting which lasted for about 28 or 30 hours oh man (laughs) with three with three crews going on at the same time to to uh to get everything. This here looks like a, a composite of... Well, it is a composite, and, yeah. and it's actually, he was against a blue screen and walking across a plank, and then they were blasting up stuff from around his feet. And, and these, I like how the calendar moves. Yeah, this this shot's in, this entire sequence right here is pretty. Yeah. Awesome. I love this. I know some people here at least were like, "This scene is too mean." But, uh, <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, this is a. Uh, I mean, I, you know, actually, uh, let me tell you about this because this whole shot got fucked up. Oh yeah. It's, this is a, this is the thing about um, you know miniatures like this. You don't really know how they're going to react. Like here. The whole thing was supposed to go down in one shot, but it didn't happen. So the tail went into the thing, and it just sort of hung down. And then it was already like 10, 10 at night, and man, I got these great photos from it. Everyone's long face standing around <laughs> it. And then, uh, and then I'm like, I'm going home, because it was already like, you know, late at night. So I came in the next morning, and I asked Kamiya, like, because I saw that the hospital was there, busted down. He's like, oh, you know, we, we changed the angle, and then we, we had the tail pull out. We got it done that way. 
but that wasn't what they had originally intended. Intended, and my point is that you you know sometimes you just don't know how the the buildings are going to react. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things that I like about them is that kind of X factor behind. You know, unlike the CG stuff, everything's premeditated or not premeditated, but uh, predetermined. You know, and um, yeah, you know that there, there isn't that kind of. Um, unknown factor that plays into the way they, they crumble or the way they fall. You know, sometimes they look like the Yokohama. Oh, this is good. I like this Godzilla shot. I got great stills of this. One of my stills floats around all the time from this, this shot here. Um, like the Yokohama, the, the, uh, the what is it, the la uh, landmark tower in Yokohama, the explosion of that was very disappointing. For the crew, it didn't go anywhere, anyway, how they wanted, you know. And uh, in Godzilla 2000, when the UFO lands on the building and it all blasts out like perfectly, and I asked uh, one of the guys in the crew, you know, what's up with that, and he goes, "Nobody knows. Sometimes it just works spectacularly. <laughs> Other times it just doesn't go the way you you planned, you know. And they really can't shoot the, them again." You know, like the Tokyo, ta the landmark tower um, miniature just took, you know, weeks to prepare. You Have know, you ever been on a, a tokusatsu set where something like that just went horribly wrong and they did have to rebuild something? Or is it well, just like there's no time, no, there's I no money? Every, I, but I actually, it wasn't on this one. It might have been on Tokyo SOS. It was, they had a kind of an additional shot and I guess it was like Godzilla's tail. Well, I'd have to check my photos. Either Godzilla's tail or Mechagodzilla's tail hitting a building. And you know, they have to time these things right. So, like, the one guy swings a tailpiece because it's not that when they you see the tails hitting things, it's not the suit tail. It's a, it's a standalone tail. And it usually has a, it has a stick that comes out of it and a guy holds the thing. So, and then they have to time it. You know, they rehearse it. Sometimes they rehearse it on just cardboard things. You know, when to detonate you know one guy detonates it one guy hits it so on one he did this shot and the mechagodzilla tail comes down and it's not anywhere close and the whole thing blows up and when it was done everybody was just cracking up because it was just so off and you know when it was done the um, the director just said fuck it you know like <laughs> that this shot's out of the film yeah and it wasn't really that important of a shot but it was just the timing was, you know, was so noticeably off. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I mean, you know, there's a famous story of Nakajima when he, when I guess on whatever the castle was and the timing got all screwed up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mothra. that was uh, versus Mothra. Right. 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 Yeah. This is uh, Hinako Saeki. She was the star of Kaneko's film, Summer Vacation, 1999. And she's also in the film Echo Echo Azaraku. And I did an acting scene with her once in that not-so-good movie known as Stacy. Ah, yeah. Yeah, the zombie I, was I, Actually, this last shot of Baragon was the final shot of Baragon. This one the, here? Well, the one just yeah. before. Okay. Um, yeah, no, and, and she's nice, and I like her. This is another one of those moments of like dark humor that <laughs> I really like, but certain <laughs> oversensitive fans think it's important. 
Why do people complain about stupid? Uh, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, I want to show my two-year-old. It's, this a, movie I mean, it's an homage to the. It's the homage to like the original Godzilla appearing over the hill. It's. Well, it's I mean, great. like the oh, I want to pose in front of it, and you know, and you know, these people taking it, selfies as they are about to get killed. I, I think that's dude, hilarious. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen nowadays, though. Like, if <laughs> something oh, yeah. like this yeah, would right? ever happen, yeah. everybody would just be filming their own deaths on their cell phone. Um, it is interesting for a more, um, I don't know, I guess a more, I don't know, I, I think the, the word dark or grim is overused in terms of this movie. I think it's kind of an exaggeration, but uh, this was released as a double bill with Hamtaro. I, I mean, in <laughs> Japan, was there ever any blowback to that? Like... No, know, this oh. movie being more uh, no, uh, yeah. not that I ever heard. So. Yeah, yeah. This is this is um, I think this was uh, Rie's first day playing Baragon in there, and you never saw anyone more nervous than her. Um, she really had never done suit acting before, uh, and but she had experience doing wearing suits like promotional suits. Yeah. And stuff and I guess um, Shinada, the suit maker, said he picked her just because she was small. <laughs> but no, she was really good. I liked her a lot, you know. And uh, so I saw Shinada recently. I was like, "You ever hear from uh, Rie?" He's like, "No, I don't know what happened to her." Um, but she was really, she was fantastic. I, I, yeah. Everybody liked her, and she was really, she was really good. Not a whole lot of female suit actors out there. Right. I think the girl, the woman, excuse me, the woman who played uh, Gauss was yeah, the yeah, first yeah. female. And I think there was uh, someone that did a few of the monsters in Final Wars, I think. Maybe. I try not to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do too. It's not. Actually, I saw it recently with my girlfriend and she was like, what a mess. Did you actually she watch was... the whole thing? Like from beginning we to end? We watched the whole thing. My oh, first wow. time since like 2005 or something i mean i i can stomach it and you know if i'm if i'm if i'm in the right mood it's fun in a like wow what a insane rack <laughs> kind of way you know right <laughs> i bet my kid would like it oh yeah, yeah. i mean I, well, little yeah. kids yeah. are gonna like it. um this this entire fight sequence by the way is so, it's my favorite of the movie by yeah, far no, this is yeah i mean this is the one they spent the most time you know, yeah. like Kami was kind of falling behind schedule, and and that and that's kind of the Yokohama scene kind of is lacking because of that. But yeah, you know, this, this is, is like definitely a big like, scene in the film. Yeah, I agree. Um, this like, part is off. This is the <laughs> high point of the movie to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Matt, I think it was this scene with the helicopter. Taguchi said someone cut their finger or something. And, uh, oh, yeah. Really. Something. Okay, that that I didn't know, yeah. I mean. So, but yeah, it wasn't like someone cut their arm off. Uh, and and that, that mountain wall behind reached all the way up. Oh, this is also fun watching this. Oh, that, that was a, <laughs> um, took half a day to shoot. But it was kind of funny. They had the Baragon suit upside down, you know, and they laid out a table where it's going to crash and they just had it hanging up. And everyone got staff photos with them holding, you know, the Baragon's just like sitting in the air upside down, hung by wire. So everyone took shots like they were the 
Frankenstein conquers the world. You yeah. Know, holding back oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and stupid me, I didn't realize until later. And I took one of just me standing in front of it. It was like, oh, I missed the opportunity to hold. <laughs> well, I've always regretted that. But, but all of these, um, this whole set was really good. Actually, what I used to do on lunchtime, everyone would go get lunch and I would hang out in Studio 9 and nobody would be in there. And I'd take photos. If you see right by Godzilla's tail, there's a little building right down there. You see that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm in Studio 9. It's pitch black. They turn off the lights and I wanted to take a photo. So I set up my camera and I'm kind of feeling my way around. And I swear, I missed crushing that building by like three inches like, I put it down, it flashed, I look at my feet, I'm like, oh my god, I almost stepped on this building, which would have been, like, <laughs> the end of my uh, GMK experience. <laughs> so, uh, no. Yeah, and all of, the, all of these things are great. The, the miniature up at the top of the building, and these helicopters are all there on set. Um, there were two of them that they had hanging out. Oh, yeah. poor that's, that's That's a, com- a composite. Yeah. And poor they... This was fantastic watching that, but the helicopter in that shot was a composite. But the Barragon falling, God, they must have done that four times. So I got a lot of good photos of that. And the trees in the, in the foreground, this here too, the uh, trees burning, that's added in, that's a, added later. Okay. Or I think the, I think the fire was enhanced because there was some fire, but not that much. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of this stuff is really overall. Strange. I mean, uh, there's some s- shots here and there, but overall, I, I think a lot of this com- composite work still kind of really holds well. up. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched this from start to finish in a, a couple years. I think so. This is uh, this is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like I I I watched it probably within the last year and a half. Oh, this shot bothers me because the the zipper by the spines is really like. Oh in, yeah, in your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there a reason why uh, Kaneko wanted to have the the spines move when Godzilla was about to? Use his I think that was just the Shinoda. That was Shinoda's idea. I see. Correct me I, I, as far wrong, as I know, as far as I can remember. But I was going to okay, ask earlier. I, I kind of I, I missed the opportunity to ask, but I know that they originally wanted to have early on like uh, Kamakaris in the film. Was that? Uh, was it Kaneko's son's idea or was it somebody else's it, idea for that? It was my idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, no, it's like I was having dinner at Kaneko's house and we were just talking about Kaiju. I mean, this is back in 2000 and uh, Suzuki, his son, we were both, I, I said, you should put, uh, yeah, I call it Jai Mantis. Yeah. I'm an old, an old timer. I'm oh like, yeah, that's a gi- super old school. Like uh, I said, Anguilus earlier, but Gymantis, yeah, that's a uh, Spiga. No one says right, those anymore. Spiga. <laughs> what? What's wrong with you people? Um, <laughs> actually, this death of Baragon was also completely awesome to watch. This explosion was yeah, that's insane. very hot. I mean, this is real. Yeah, you know, this is on set explosion, which is actually probably illegal in Japan, but. Um, anyway, no, the, the whole thing with that was he was just saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm coming up with ideas for Godzilla, and I'm like, you gotta have um, Gymantis in it. And you gotta have it. Did and he then, say, what's a Gymantis? No, and he said, it's not even a kaiju, it's just a giant praying mantis, and then <laughs> me and, and me and Suzuki are just chanting, um, but, uh, 
Kamakiri, 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 because that's the Japanese Kamakiri. So we're Kamakiri. Really. Uh, anyway, I don't know what that story's worth, but that was. And then, yeah, and then what did I see? Then he was talking about, Kaneko said in an interview, like, oh, I had this idea to use Gymantis and blah, blah, blah. And I called him out. I was like, do you remember where that idea came from? He goes, uh, no. I go, me and Suzuki chanting to you and begging you to use it, and you laughing at us and brushing us off. Oh, oh, oh really? What's funny is that story's in your uh, in, in Japanese giants in your oh, interview is it? with me. Oh, yeah, okay. it's hilarious. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I, I for, as soon as I, I finish writing something, I forget it. So, <laughs> uh, I always found the idea he had before this of I guess I guess the fan. I, well, I don't know if this is a fan made title, but the Godzilla versus M concept of you know the inc- basically like a, the incredible melting man is a kaiju that godzilla fights really okay i, I don't yeah. know that well that's the one uh matt is that in the japanese giants yeah they, they it's basically like the whole thing with uh jamila from from ultraman where like there's a guy that goes into space and comes back down and then is a monster becomes a yeah, human, yeah. yeah becomes a monster and um, oh right, yeah, that that that's right. That was the uh, one of the first ideas for the film. Actually, that was an idea for this film. Am I yeah, wrong? I think. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I just Kaneko always thought said, that was, that would have been a. He said, like, essentially, though, he felt it would be too tragic because of the loss of of life at the end of the film and the daughter and everything like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Also, have you seen the? <laughs> People redrew the Mothra cocoon as Snoopy. Have you seen that picture? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I don't really like that cocoon, so yeah, it's not the it's not the best. Yeah, it's yeah. also weird earlier in the film to see Mothra like kill people essentially and cocoon them to death. <laughs> Kaneko liked this old guy. He said he was a very good actor. Oh, and earlier the little boy, you know, when uh, uh, her father. Uh, General Tachiban is remembering when he was a kid, and that boy that's crying out for his mom, that was also one of Kaneko's favorite performances in the film. Um, this, was know the, the, this was the Godzilla suit that you got to put on at one point, right? Was it this one? One of them, yeah. The yeah. One of them, uh, uh, yeah. How many were there? Uh, good question. Uh, at least three. There were probably three I think Inclu- that's including the water suit. Then there's also they made this um, hand puppet one, which there's a one close-up shot which was beautiful, but that was like came in later in the in the during the shoot. Um, I'll I'll point that shot out when it comes on. That's not a, that's just this like hand, not, I don't want to say hand puppet. It was much more elaborate than that, but um, it, it basically fit over the hand. And then the guy behind. Um, uh, Nishina, this actor with a cap, Nishina, he, he just died in January. He's not an actor, but he's a reporter. He was my nemesis on the set. Um, he, I, uh, he just, uh, you can see him there with his thumb on his chin, Saito. Uh, <laughs> is I went this the guy funeral. that you told a story about last time you were on, where yes, you said, uh, because you're not Japanese, you don't, yeah, you don't get kaiju movies right, that, that's that's him 
and he went to the bathroom and you like you took some like ultraman figure he had and like started putting like his legs on his and, arms and, and stuff. Uh, still, still cameraman nako we put we like put the head on the ass and stuff like that he was very he was very uh because he wasn't happy about that. <laughs> oh, These man. are some of the, the first shots. This is on the first day of shooting Godzilla on the, the on Kamiya's uh, at Studio 9. So this is the first scene of Godzilla shot. And, you know, this is Murata, who's in the star of Godzilla 2000. You can't see his face, though. Um, is um, this the anyway, s- the uh, sea- yeah, these, this is all, you see all these explosions, these were my first explosions and all my photos are like big blurs because it's so jarring. And, uh, the still cameraman, Nako, who's like, I think he started on Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, I'm like, man, how do you, how do you deal with that? He goes, ah, don't worry. You just get used to it. I'm like, how can you get used to that? These <laughs> things are like these loud, ugly pops. You know, when they got, they're not these attractive, like, sounds, you know, you know, it's like when, when you hear real gunfire go, it doesn't sound anything like a Hollywood movie, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, and then sure enough, like a week later, I'm like Iron Man, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I'm not shaking at all. You just get used to it. On average, how long was a day, a, a, a work day? I, well, I would usually get oh, this is oh, no, no, it's not that. I'm sorry. I thought that was the the headpiece. I'm wrong. Um, I would usually get in at nine, and the staff would already be there. They'd probably get in at eight, and uh, I would go until I couldn't take it anymore. But usually, I mean, it, you know, really depends. But I'd say days were like eight to eight. Mm-hmm. for the staff i mean sometimes longer if things weren't going right this is something th- this i love this explosion this house here yeah. oh it's that's gorgeous yeah it's, and i wasn't there for that i saw it sitting there and then when i saw the film it's like oh yeah that's right i didn't see them blow that up i was very disappointed um but no i mean generally you know everything would go you know i mean when you make make a film like this, I mean, you're working, I don't say you're working 24 20, you know, hours a day, but you basically some people are not getting, like the director's not getting more than three hours sleep at night. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty draining. The, These are all hands, by the way. Toho Godzilla movies are, you know, notorious for, you know, having very tight schedules. And do you have any idea how many days in total the shoot was? Well, I don't think, I wouldn't say it was, you know, I mean, tight, because I mean, the effects, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to check my notes, but I, I was at least three months mm-hmm. shooting, you know, which is pretty incredibly long. Yeah, that's not you know, too they, bad for, you know, for something like this. It might be longer. I mean, it was, I can't remember. When did it wrap? You know, and then there was sound mixing and, and, uh, but, uh, September, I'm, I'm just thinking, I don't very much April, May, June, April, May, I guess started shooting in May, May, June, July, August until the end of August. Yes. Yeah, so for like three and a half months. Okay. Yeah. That's not, 
not too bad. Um, were would like a would the effects crew have a longer work day just because of what you know they were doing, or was everyone kind of like you know eight to eight? Yeah, I mean, so usually the live action crew would start earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, so like let's say, uh, I mean, if you're going to a location. Because you want to maximize your time on location. So, you know, often we get to the studio like, we're going to go to Yokohama. We get there at 7. Pile on a bus. Takes an hour to get there, you know. And then, like I said, when we did those two scenes in Yokohama, we didn't get back till like 1 a.m. So, I mean, I got to Toho at 7 in the morning, and then I got back at 1 you know, and uh, then, I mean, of course, then the next day is going to start later. I mean, it's not like doing like a Nishimura movie or one of those where it'll go to one and then the next morning you're meeting up at, at 530. <laughs> you know, so the, I mean, Toho's not, you know, they're not that much of, you know, biggest slave drivers, <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> you know. So there's a little more luxury, you know, that compared to, you know, the other you know, I mean, uh, all of the all of the major studios, you know, don't work people to death. Uh, I mean, people work hard, and the hours are long, but they're not like I said, like on the independent films where they're like it's just physically impossible. Yeah, you know, but they still expect you to do it, and I have done it, and I hate it. I don't want to <laughs> do it anymore. Oh, these are fun too. This is a shot up at Hachi Hachi Joji, and there's Yoshida standing behind the girls. Um, the uh, Maeda sisters. Yeah, and, and an uh, obvious right. nod to the the Mothra twins. Right, 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 right. That was uh, it. Was fun. I I have a photo of Yoshida with the girls. I introduced them. Like, oh, ladies, I'd like to introduce you to Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind. Of, I don't. It's kind of interesting with uh, Maeda. I that. You know, who's the star of Gamera 3? I met her first on the Gamera 3 set, and she was unable to speak any English. And she was, like, listening to me and Ayako talk in English. She's like, oh, I really want to learn English. Uh, how, you know, and she's asking Ayako, how did you learn English and stuff? And then um, when I met her this day, I was like, hey, I remember me, blah, blah. And she's like, her English is, like, flawless. You know, and she went to Canada, and she did, like, a homestay there, and it was like, oh, my God, is this girl a genius or what? I mean, like, in two years, my Japanese is still terrible. You know, <laughs> she goes from zero to a hundred, you know, so. But anyway, no, I mean, that was their little cameo, and that was a fun day. Uh, we all piled in the, the Toho vans, and we went over to Hachi, Hachi Joji. It's a section of, like, kind of outside of Tokyo, the very edge of Tokyo. And uh, it was kind of, it was supposed to be, in, it's supposed to be in Kagoshima. So all the papers that are blowing around, they say like Kagoshima on them. And there's one time it was like, everything's going perfect. And one sh- sheet of paper just slaps and sticks right to the camera lens. Everyone cracking up because they had to bring big fans and stuff. And it was fun. And a lot of fans turned out that day too. And I think they all got t-shirts or something like that. So I have a question regarding the uh, the monsters. Do you know how much uh, Kaneko was involved in designing like King Ghidorah and, and Mothra themselves? Because uh, I really, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know 
I don't think he designed them. I think he, you know, he asked Shinada, and Shinada designed them, and then Kaneko would adjust. You know, usually that's what dir- directors do. You know, directors usually adjust rather than they might. You know, you'd start out. This is my vision. Then you hire professional people, and then they do something. Then you look at it and you say, "Okay, this is sort of what I was thinking. I like this. I like this," and you you make adjustments on them. Mm. So I, I believe that was the process on this. I wasn't there for that. This is a fake back wall, actually. Mm. This is it. These are in separate locations. They built this just this wall here in one of the studios. And I was going to say recently. Well, you'll see it later coming on. Um, the, where all the military guys are, me and Ed Godzicheski, we went over recently, last year, we went, I wanted to go revisit the location, and they completely um, redid the whole area. Now it's a big park. It used to be part of a, like, the dock, by the docks at Yokohama. It was very sad, because I wanted to see the, yeah, and this, here's the notorious scene where they where they read they redubbed it. You're all gonna die, isn't that what it is? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say we have to talk about that scene because, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I don't. What was the actual dialogue there? <laughs> the actual dialogue is he's he's speaking Korean, and the girl is saying he's he's telling you good luck, something like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't. But I mean, just thinking. the fact that Kaneko was thoughtful enough to include. A scene like that to kind of hammer home this idea of you know we're all when things like this happen we're all together we cheer each other on i mean it, well, that, it, yeah. it, it's just a few seconds but it really does it, it is a line that if you know what it is i mean carries a lot of meaning for this movie and well that was his point because you know japan and korea were enemies and japan has done a lot of crappy stuff to the koreans so that was kind of, uh, that was his point right there. Yeah, and, and that's why, like, those Sony subtitles, I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I, so and, bad. And I mean, like, I, I, there's Godzilla movies that I'll watch with subtitles where they're dub titles or whatever. Like, I mean, if I watch Mega Gearus and it's dub titles, I mean, that's not going to blow the experience for me, you know? It, it, it's But when you're, you're just making up subtitles that are negating... Yeah, yeah you know, an important part of, you know, what the movie's saying, and it's just, I, I, it's terrible. I don't, I don't get, I don't know, I mean, we, we talked, we did a whole episode about subtitling where we talked about that. No, I'm jealous. I I wish that the companies that I worked for were that lenient. (laughs) Here, I mean, I I just got notes from a subtitle yesterday that I had done, and it was like, I didn't write like the store, the shop we went to before, you know, it, it was like in a long line and I just left out the part, one part where, you know, the shop we went to before I said something like, we're going to go to this shop and they went, no, it's got to be, we're going to go to this shop, the one we went to before, but I didn't think it was going to fit. I was worried about time, but it was like, man, I, I, you know, in, in a, a bigger movie like GMK, you know, gets the kind of, uh, Breezy treatment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this I, is all, by the way. 
I, yeah, yeah like, it's like I wonder. Terrible. I wonder if the translator <laughs> just like didn't know the language that character was speaking in. Was like, I'll just m- put something here, whatever. Yeah, uh, I cannot stand Waspra. Not my favorite thing. <laughs> like the stinger th- shots or whatever. This was fun. I made Kami a laugh on that one. He was putting on rocks up on that. Because what they do when they do these buildings to make it look like there's something inside is they hide rocks in the interior or around the ledge. So when it blows up, stuff comes out. Because if you don't have that, it just looks like an empty box, which it really is, you know, blowing up. So Kami was putting up, it was like late at night, we're all in a goofy mood and Kami is putting up rocks there. And I said to him, I went up and said, it's good to see you're actually doing some work. And this guy has the deepest, like, laughing roar. And he was just like, cracking up over that. And Nakami is a good guy. Oh, this explosion right here is very painful for me to watch because um, when it went off, I was right. The camera, they would often put the camera in it behind a box. Like, a, uh, they built a big wood box and they would house it with just the lens cut out, you know, so the lens could go up against it to protect the camera. And I was next to the box, and they're like, Norman, that's really dangerous. I'm like, it's cool. So it blew off. I'm completely fine. I look at my camera, and it nicked my lens. Oh, yeah. So that always, when I look at it, and this is the explosion of Landmark Tower, so it just was not as spectacular as they wanted. I mean, I don't really know what they wanted, but I know they wanted more than just this little piddling of flame coming out of it. Still looks fine to me, but I don't yeah, know. I it yeah, I, I thought it looked. Yeah. So, who came up with the idea, which we're going to see in a little bit, the uh, the Do three missiles that like drill into Godzilla's skin? Huh? The uh, the the missiles that drill into Godzilla. I thought I read in Japanese Giants that like somebody else came up with that idea. The ones that they like they latch onto Godzilla and they try to drill into his skin. And they used earlier for the uh, trying to rescue the people that Bear got crushed under the the tunnel. Oh, right. Uh, I don't remember. I thought Sorry. I read... No, it's okay. I thought I read something about um, somebody unrelated to the movie came up with the idea, but I'll see if I can find that note and come back to okay. it. Okay. The shot with Mothra on Godzilla's back are the last shots on the effects team did on the last day of shooting. Um, we, we passed... A, there was a scene that Higuchi directed, right? He didn't direct anything. He he did some storyboarding of okay. the missiles okay, falling yeah, down. Okay, the yeah with the military earlier. Yeah, yeah. he did uh, like some storyboarding. It was very minor. Yeah, but I think some people wanted to make it into something. Yeah, that's why because I've seen it reported like, oh, he was a guest effects director on this one scene. Apparently, he wasn't. People. Um, <laughs> Well, here we see King Ghidorah in action, and I think... Well, I, I, I think in Mothra 3, they did the same thing with the, the prehistoric Ghidorah, but this is where um, they tried something a little new with the suit in that they had the actor's arms operating the, the, the two head, heads well, on that, the side, that, th- right? These, these... Oh, yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, that's what that is. I can... Uh, did you interact with that actor at all? I mean, I can imagine yeah. th- like oh, that I, sounds yeah. like uh, very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you're stuck in a fixed position with your arms up. Yeah, but you know, uh, again, I mean, most of these guys will not complain. I mean, yeah, yeah. Com- it, it's yeah. just it's hey, it's the job. It's what you're doing. Like 
you know, um, and they they uh, and if it, there's any kind of complaining, it's like you know, I need a break. You know, um, you know, it's not really like, oh my god, yeah. what the hell are you guys doing to me? I never, I've never seen, not like um, a big expert on these sets or anything, but in my experience, I've never seen anybody complain. Yeah, you know, even though some of you the, know that it's uncomfortable. Oh yeah, some of the stuff they do is. I was so... like, more blood on this, more blood, <laughs> more blood, uh, and this was also spectacular. I mean, this was really fantastic. Yeah, did you, you know what get to watch them film this battle here? Yeah, all of this. yeah, yeah. And the tail that swoops up there is actually the standalone tail. They had it coordinated. The guy's hiding behind, and he he flips up the tail. It's not really the the the, the, suit, the tail on yeah. the suit there, but yeah, yeah. Speaking of the suit actors, I remember seeing like a behind the scenes stuff from Gamera Two and how the the Queen Legion was operated. Um, you know, with Yoshida in the front and the other okay. guy, and it just looks insane. No, all of that stuff is fun. It's fun to yeah. watch, and you know, I mean, the days are like a. Uh, I wasn't saying, but the days are pretty long, and I mean, basically, you get two shots in a day. You know, so some shots, sure, and you might get a little, a, a couple more, but I mean, basically, it's like even a shot like this. I mean, it'll take all day to, you know, yeah. half a day to prepare. Yeah, the whole day's stuff. prep. Yeah, I mean, it's prep, and then often at night is getting ready for the next day. You know, and. Oh, this is this is this shot almost got lost. This was so much fun. I took this in. I climbed on um, scaffolding, and I got these great shots looking down on it. When, and they almost canceled that of Mothra crashing in because of the schedule, but they managed to get it in. Um, yeah, where where Mothra was just crashing. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. On 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 it, on its back. I think the, the Japanese fans make fun of uh, Westerners for calling Mothra a girl, a woman. Um, this, is, this is actually, yeah, with these missiles right here, um, that was another thing I was glad to see without, without the CG on them. When the missiles are, you know, when the coming down the uh, kind of tunnel, yeah, you know, the yeah. street tunnel like that. And I'm not a big fan of the the missiles that were put into that, but yeah, yeah this is also a, a fantastic day, um, and was great because usually, you know, what I was doing mostly on the set was taking photos, you know, and, and hanging out and talking to everybody and and taking notes and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I hung out with Nako, you know, the the still cameraman guy a lot, and there were several other um, still cameraman that. That would come to the set but for whatever reason on that day it was only me and nakao and those are some of the best shots of godzilla you know at the end of this this uh i used one shot in fangoria but you see that one shot that nakao took where godzilla is standing there you see that quite often and like the next day i'm on the set and i had made that my screensaver on my computer and the other cameramen are like what the hell is this you know, like Shogakan, um, the, the publishers, I mean, what are the other, like uh, Hyper Hobby and, not Hobby Japan, Hyper Hobby and uh, uh, TV, Tedebi-kun, these are, you know, magazines. And, you know, the people that put out the Godzilla books and stuff like that. So they have their own, they have a contract with Toho and they have their cameraman on set, 
you know, and they take photos that are exclusive for their own publications. Um, anyway, so the other guys, they freaked out when they saw my photo because they didn't know that there was going to be a shot like this. So they didn't show up that, that night or the shooting of that. So it was kind of like uh, my scoop shot. Just me and Nako got those. Um, and it's one of my favorite like, kind of shots of Godzilla in the entire film. Did that just make sense, what I said? Kind of rambling on here. No, you're good. I, yeah. I, I don't, don't feel bad. I ramble all the time. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, I like that, 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 that Tuttle shot and stuff like that. Shots like this are really boring because it's all CG later. So it's just like you're spending five hours preparing for the camera to, like, zip up. You know? <laughs> yeah. But they also have, they have smoke burning in the background, you know, the lighting. I mean, it takes a long time to get, you know, each shot, you know, set up and matching, you know, other shots and stuff. Yeah, this is probably the worst CG in the film. Oh, yeah. I, I can uh, agree with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, you know, 18 years ago, and Japan is generally 10 years behind. <laughs> So, so this was like uh, 1991s. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Lost in Space, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned the score earlier, and I know that um, Otani has scored a couple. Well, I was of- saying, uh, here, this shot right here, this like wide angle yeah, shot. Yeah. I saw some guys on an or listened to some guys on a podcast. Like, what was that all about and stuff. But um, actually, because they, they use a super wide angle lens on this thing. Yeah, I was so going to say, it's the, obviously a, a different type yeah. of lens. Oh, and this explosion was fantastic. I have seen behind the scenes of this. It's uh, awesome. Them, them I, this, is in, this. this is in the pool. And, and me and Nako, we're both on ladders sitting next to each other. And when that explosion was so hot that I touched my eyebrows because I thought I, they had been burnt off. I mean, no, it was an incredible explosion. It was on a Friday night, and everybody came by. All the offices on the the lot closed up. They came by. And Fujitani, Ayaka Fujitani, I invited her that night. She came by five minutes after the explosion. And she kept calling me, I'm running late. Have they set it off yet? No, they haven't set it off yet. Hurry up, hurry up. Oh, I'm still running late. And then she came by, like, afterwards, so she missed it. That was the biggest explosion in the film. What was I talking about in the shot before? This is the, the wide lens. Yeah, we were talking about oh, the wide lens. lens. Oh, yeah, so I go to, I go to Kami. I was like, I'm looking at it on the monitor. I'm standing next to Kami, and I go, this shot is giving me seasickness, you know? And he just started cracking up. My motion sickness, because the thing is so wide. I guess you had to be there. <laughs> But anyway, it was kind of funny. Um, he, he he laughed at my jokes, unlike you guys. <laughs> um, uh, I know um, Otani's scored a couple of your films. Uh, was he ever around, um, or you know, did he just kind of go through dailies to score? Um, do you have any idea how his method was on in scoring the movie? No, he he never he never came to the set. Well, actually, what would happen was I would print out photos. I would print out photos and I would meet him because he lived right by me. So I would give him like set photos and he said, Oh, thanks. And he used my photos to do the score at home. 
He never okay. came to the set. He's not like a set guy. I mean, he I he would come to Toho. I saw him a couple times, like, but they were like more like business meetings mm-hmm. with Tomiyama or something like that. So I think I saw him twice, but he wasn't actually on the set. Um. Okay. Uh. Oh, he's. Oh yeah, Matt said he has to check out some, but that's fine. We 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 got this. Um. Oh, I was gonna ask you about the the underwater oh, shot. Okay. Oh, I, I, oh. okay. Sorry, I'm jumping around right here. Um, okay. But, but yeah, I was going to ask you about the, the underwater shots with the, the monsters. Like, Okay, uh, actually, I'm going to, before that, you see this guy in the, the Jeep right here? Yeah. That yeah. This, Kaneko told me that this is his single most favorite performance in the entire film. <laughs> and when shooting these with her, man, I was crouched right down at by the camera right like like i'm just over to the right of these shots it was really fun yeah no chihadu was really great i haven't really talked about her a lot but we had a uh, we had a really good relationship on the set and we spent a lot of time just hanging out joking she's very um how can i say very energetic woman um very uh happy i guess you know she's always going oi 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 <laughs> And she used to talk to me in this English gibberish that sounds like English. You know, like when um, we do racist Chinese. Yeah. Sound, <laughs> you know? What does that sound like? It sounds like English. It's like it's a fake. Not. It's like fake English. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> he was really a lot of fun. I, I actually, after this, I haven't really seen her. I haven't seen. The last time I saw her was at um, Juon. The Grudge 2 rap party. I got invited to that. Oh, and, and actually, you see how he's cracking up in this scene? Yeah, Kobayashi yeah. right there? That's all completely... Everyone got the giggles on the set for that shot. Like, he comes out of the, the, the car. It's, it's supposed to be him and Chihara looking at each other really serious. Like, he comes out of the car with this overly serious look, and everybody just starts cracking up. And... Chiharu is cackling, and they tried it again and again, and everyone kept on laughing until Kaneko was like, I'll make it work. <laughs> it does work, you know. I, well, it I, does work, yeah. but it, he's really, he's suppressing a laugh in that yeah, shot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't his intention. But anyway, no, I mean, Chiharu was really fantastic, and uh, I saw her at the, the last time I saw her was at the grudge to rap party and uh no i uh, what i think she married a baseball player if i'm not mistaken so and she she was in a one of kaneko's films she did a, a cameo like five years ago or so so i think she's still around but i don't think she's really that active um with that, with non-genre stuff like I don't know. You never hear much about what's going on in Japan. Is Kaneko been? I think the last movie I recall him doing was like 2014 or 2015. Is has he been active in the directing? Yeah, he's game? just yeah. he's shot like two movies, three movies last year. He just shot a film in China. Oh, big wow. budget film in China. So that's been a experience for him. You know, uh, he did a film called Linking Love, which. Um, is kind of a science fiction musical comedy with, with idol groups. Mm. 
He's one of the only, I guess, from the 90s and 2000s Godzilla directors that's kind of kept directing. I, it's, to my knowledge, I might be wrong, but like I don't recall Okawara or anybody, you know, staying. Well, well Okawara did a film uh, called Yukai, uh, I guess, Kidnapped. Might be the, I don't know what the English translation is. This this shot right here with like the family with a kid there cracks everybody up because the mom and the son look so identical because it is a real mom and her son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that. No, I mean Kaneko's always been a professional director. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, he's always worked to maintain a career. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not a. You know, he's not a. Um, strictly like kaiju or something like this right, i mean right, he, he yeah. gets hired to direct things yeah it see it just seems like him and maybe kitamura they're, they're like the only ones you really hear about right but right. you know every now and then yeah i guess it's because they'll make a horror movie or something that's you know marketed internationally and right um stuff like that that uh that bridge blowing up there um was that uh, shot in C- CG? Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Like the these submarines here don't look quite as good. Yeah. Well, they made miniature subs, and those were also hell shooting because they would fill Studio Two with smoke, like <laughs> thick, thick, thick smoke. And I mean, I mean, I I went in not. I, I wrote that English on the safety thing there. <laughs> Um, they uh, would fill the studio up with smoke and man, people had masks on. I mean, it was a week inside there doing all this underwater stuff. And it was, I came in unprepared for it. And uh, I learned my lesson. I had like those over-the-counter masks. I had like three of those on. And then the smoke like gets in your hair. And so it's like, become, acts like hairspray in your hair. Like when I walked out the first day, my hair was like a rock. <laughs> so uh, uh, then I, I would wear a towel over my, you know, drape a towel over my head, but it was really brutal. Uh, more Sony subtitle uh, stuff to talk about. That part where they accidentally shot Ghidorah um, right. on the Sony DVD, instead of saying "damn it," the guy goes "yes." Like, oh right, right, yeah. Right, right, and then right, on the Blu-ray, they change it where he's upset, but instead of saying "damn it," he goes "fuck." okay okay which is risque yeah is i just i don't know i don't know who does that or who or why they would make those decisions um oh yeah yeah the the underwater uh, scenes water fights um like i've seen some behind the scenes stuff on there but were you around for any of those uh the underwater shots and you know, obviously, That's what I'm talking about the, all the all the smoke is yeah. Done, that, this is, you know, this is all done. Um, this is yeah. So, how much of that is CG, and how much of it is like? Well, none of it's under really underwater. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, th- they fill it with smoke to make it look like water density. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they fill the stage with smoke, and then the monsters do their thing, and they, you know, so like none of that. You know, this is all 
what CGs added to this. Yeah, like the bubbles. You know, the bubbles are, are added. But I mean, this is all you know. Um, yeah, just in one of the studios filled with smoke. You know, and that's a composite of you know the, that's a composite of the the sub and and stuff. And this is the this is just in the, the the pool, the big pool. This is in the big pool, and that backdrop over there is uh, this fake city landscape backdrop that's strung behind. So this is all in the pool. Uh, Matt, you're back. I have returned. Right. From yeah, we were we were talking about the uh, how they were. We were talking about you like you're a dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like dogs actually. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand cat people. I'm okay, a dog guy. This so. this is the Godzilla fake head. Okay. Yeah. That, with that I roar there. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only shot they used it on. This is the water suit. This is not the water suit. So there's three different Godzillas going on there. <laughs> I think this one is, the, and the spines come off and can be like the the movable spines are an like an addition. Mm. So they would add them. See, this is the that's the the new head. That's the the hand puppet head. This is a suit. You can tell by the the big jowls under his see that under his chin there that oh, big yeah. unfortunate hanging thing there. You see, and this, it's not there. This is the water suit. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I see it now. That makes that makes total sense. I had no idea they made multiple suits for this. They did that for most of them, at least by by this time. I'm not sure how it was back in the Noah days. I think back then it was just a suit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I I, I don't know for, yeah. for so sure. I, well, in like every now and then they'd use the suit from the previous. Yeah, see, this movie is from this water. is the hand one. See, it really had a lot of gimmick stuff. This yeah. is also, see that, uh, yeah, th these were fun. This is another night shot by the pool, this explosion. And man. It's a huge um, explosion. Yeah, this one's huge. But the, um, man, the pool just got filled with all those Ghidra scales. Did you, know, you have to wear, like, I, I, like, there's got to be some kind of fumes <laughs> that you're not supposed to be inhaling <laughs> when stuff like this. Yeah, well, that's a, you, you wearing masks. You yeah, know, yeah. Wear masks and stuff. And then I, I was resisting wearing masks. But then when it became the underwater stuff, I, because it fogs up my glasses, I wear glasses. Yeah, I. I that. Yeah, I run into situations like that at work where I where I'll have to put on a dust mask and it just I'm blind at that point. Right. <laughs> well, I, I would also get these cup. They had also cup masks, and when it was really bad, I would have like. A flat mask over my mouth, and then I would have a cup mask over that, and then I would drape a wrap a towel around my head, you know, and um, look like some sort of Arabian sheik or something like that. Were, were uh, you there for this shot? It looks like they just you know filmed Godzilla coming up and then reversed it when he's going underwater and sinking. Oh, I don't remember exactly, but I was. These are actually shot during the day, and it's just the crane over the pool. Huh. These are all fun. You see all these inside the sub shots and stuff. And I, I did a lot of, we had to all grab onto, the set itself was on a big ball. And we would hold these bars that were sticking out of it and then shake it around and stuff. And 
fully swaying all of, all of this stuff. So it's not the camera moving; it's actually this this contraption in the in Studio Eight doing that. So that was all f- kind of fun, especially when it got really rough. And me and this other Taki, who is a writer for Tedeby Kun, I'm like, "Come on, man! We're doing this for Godzilla. Shake it, shake it." <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, those were all fun. Like I said, these are all Studio 8. They always build these uh, control centers in Studio 8. And Studio 9 is always used for the special effects. This is all CG stuff. Yeah, here they're doing a kind of fantastic voyage right. inside Godzilla thing. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but sure. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I, you know, I really I mean, like the, the Admiral character. Yeah, I think he's, he's one of the better characters in the, he's actually a musician in oh, Japan. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And he's done some acting, but he doesn't consider himself an actor. This is all shot in the pool also. But you know, I think he did a good job. I mean, I think Kaneko was satisfied. With his performance, so the the self defense force in this movie is is that is this supposed to be Japan with an active military? No, it's just how Japan is right. Yeah, now. yeah. I I only ask that because I've seen some people say it's an alternate version of Japan with an active I, military. I no, I don't know. <laughs> fans are stupid, man. They need to they need to stop. Does Star Wars? I mean, I know like all fandoms have like their dumb little circles, but like, do Star Wars fans do stuff like that where they just make things up? Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Oh man! So this drill, right? So the drill bit. This is kind of fun. So the drill comes out of his chest and it blows off there, and no, the tip disappeared in Studio Nine. So everyone's (laughs) on their hands and knees looking around, and somebody found it on the like opposite side of the studio. It was blown all the way across. Kind of fun. These tidbits are awesome. I, I love learning little little things like that. Yeah, the, and Godzilla had this light down his throat. They actually put a light in there, and then they enhanced it on CG. For that part where uh, the the drill was going through him, was that uh, its own little miniature where they just had? Like, yeah, it was actually a very big miniature. Okay, like a big where, of, okay, where it was like his, just uh, that part of his body and and right, that, right. yeah, okay, yeah, I, and I then was wondering a, that. a drill pushed through, but the one the explosion on his shoulder right there that was uh, on the suit itself. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the close up of his cells, that was also this big. Oh, and that was complete hell to shoot because it was on the last day it's coming up it was on the last one of the shots on the last day of shooting like the wound and you know they did a test of it so they had this like small um water tank filled it up you know, that wound on it on godzilla's shoulder filled it up did a test looked good drained it cleaned it shot then filled it up again shot it no good drained it cleaned it it was like 7 a.m this shot right here <laughs> So that took like eight, ten hours to to get done, that and it's Shinada there, like passing out, 
<laughs> you know, and Shannon is doing that one. There's also other shots going on at the same time on the, the last uh, chaotic, hectic day. So we're nearing the end of the movie. Yeah, we are. Um, was this? And actually, this this day, this is kind of funny. This day, it was raining by the pool, so they had to have a big cover over the pool on these shots here, like with Chiharu. Yeah, I was going to ask that. I'm assuming this is all in the pool also. This is also the pool. This is also the pool, but it's on a completely different day. So, yeah, these are shot weeks apart, actually. Um, okay. Are you crying? Everybody's happy. <laughs> Oh, and then this ends on Murakami. The 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 last guy you see here is Kaneko's chief um, assistant director. And he oh that no that's the girl right there. Wait, there is a shot of him. Maybe we missed it, but you can see Murakami there. And I've known him since Gamera Three, but he's like always on Kaneko's team. Yeah, he does reuse a lot of. But he did, he. he did, yeah, he reuses a lot of crew. Staff, yeah. yeah, yeah. Does he still work with a lot of those uh, those people? Yeah, no. I was going to say yeah. like uh, Murakami, who was there somewhere. We we skipped over it. He's he worked on this his, Kaneko's last one, Linking Love, not the Chinese film, because Kaneko. I think they by law they could only bring four staff over. And this is this this crazy day. And uh, I didn't talk about Nishina with the, the baseball cap, but Nishina turned out to be a, a good friend of mine. Yeah. He's in my new neighbor. We we didn't we never talked about Shiro Sano either. He's oh right. He's right, a, right, he's right. wonderful in this. Yeah, no these these are great because like in the morning I go into the room where they're using as a dressing room, and he's brought his VHS tape of King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> so it's me. Um, Sano and Chiharu and the three of us are watching King Kong versus Godzilla and he's going on about why Tsuburai is m wonderful and going and Chiharu's like really really I guess it was kind of mansplaining if you want to say <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know but I mean he's yeah, he's a good guy I mean I've worked with him a bunch he was in my documentary actually the last time I saw him like two years ago it was a week before Kawakita died and I'm in the toilet it was at a, a concert. It was at a Ifukube concert. And so I'm in the, the John, I'm using, you know, the toilet. And the guy next to me goes, Norman. And I look, and it's like, it's a Sano. And I'm like, oh, hey, hi. <laughs> you know, what, what a place to meet. <laughs> yeah, he, but he's, 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 a, he's a real fan. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's, he's been in a bunch of the, like, he, he was yeah. Godzilla 2000. He's in Final Wars. Um, he, uh, he actually did uh, one of the dub voices for the Japanese version of... Uh, the 2014 Godzilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. These are fun. These were shot um, actually in Tokyo. It's not Yokohama. It was this. I forgot. But these, when she's crying here, I was just crouched down at her knees. It was really fun. All of these, uh, this, this day right here was really fun. Blistering hot. And uh, I actually did my interview with uh, Ryudo Uzaki on this day. And he had a Mercedes. Come, let's 
let's do the interview in my Mercedes and we can turn on the, uh, the air conditioner. We just sat there for like 40 minutes because neither of us wanted to go back out into the heat. But that was like the, one of the last days of live action shooting. That might have been actually the last day because we did this, the group photo that day, you know, with the, the staff photo. But then everything was back at Toho doing blue, uh, blue screen stuff. And yeah, this, the heart here, the last shot here, this is uh, CG, but the CG model was built by Sagai. And he goes to G-Fest a lot. Oh, yeah, Hiroshi. Yeah, yeah. Hiroshi. Sagai. Sagai is a good guy. And there it is. Antoku. Shusuke. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is probably the best of the bunch as far as the Millennium movies go. I think. I enjoy it. Um, I mean, I like the film. Actually, what did I say to Kaneko? I hadn't watched it in years and years, and then I watched it, and I thought, hey, you know, this is really good. And then I saw Kaneko a couple days later. We went out drinking or something, and I said, you know, I watched GMK, and he's like. It's really good. He goes, really? <laughs> you know, like, maybe I should watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite like it as much as the Gamera's, but it's, it's a pretty solid movie. I think it holds up decently well, is the thing. Um, you know, certain other movies don't have the same kind of shelf life sometimes. Right, I mean, I don't, yeah, you know, the Heisei films, Right, right, yeah. Know, I don't think that they, especially, what was I watching, the Mechagodzilla one? You know, and uh, with uh, what's the the guy in that who flies around on the fake pterodactyl thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. You know, and uh, his brother is in Bialante, and yeah. the father is the, yeah, Mothra. King Kong vs. Godzilla. Uh, yeah. I hear, listen to my brain here today. But anyway, you watch those scenes with him and uh, the the woman Oriyoko Sano. I mean, that's like stalker stuff. Oh, yeah, that's something that I don't know if you could like have things, no, some things like that in a movie. I, now. I, I watched it recently because I love the score. Ifukube's score on that is fantastic. And I like some of the Rodan stuff on that. But I mean, I'm watching this. I'm kind of like, was this OK even back then? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's what's good. GMK, I don't think it has like really so-called politically incorrect stuff going on yeah yeah um yeah Matt, i mean you, you have to say something you're just like listening and cleaning your room <laughs> <laughs> yeah matt's Matt. been i don't know i don't know if it's past his bedtime or dude it's been it's been the longest like week with work and you know kids stuff and all that so i'm I am drained. However, I have enjoyed this, uh, yeah. Norman. Well, it's you always... are talking to someone who has spent, like, 20-hour days on Ishimura sets. Doesn't want to hear you whining. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no. I always wanted, uh, Kaneko to get another shot at Godzilla. And just be able yeah, to use the well, vision. who knows? I mean, if they're gonna... What's really going on? I mean, the anime thing is... You know, and it's not like I'm not in the loop. I've never been in the Toho loop, you know, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think with a, the unexpected success of Shin Godzilla, because nobody at Toho thought it was going to be as massive a hit as it was, that I think it's made them reconsider, you know, 
what hit, what 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 you know the audience is going to pay to see. And I don't think Kaneko is really capable of delivering that kind of a message movie. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I I, I mean. After so, whatever yeah. twenty twenty, when they can make another live action, I don't. If, if I, I if they don't do a Shin Godzilla sequel, I don't think they'll go back to, you know, the veteran. I think they'll keep trying to find younger or or hotter, you know, names. Like Ano is a name that right, right, has right. like such a built in fan base. You know, I think they would probably go back for someone. Like yeah, have you, have so, you, I have mean, you I, seen the uh, the Shin Godzilla statue out there? You know, I haven't. Um, actually, my my pal Ed is coming in today, so I think we'll probably go tomorrow. I'm in no big rush, actually. <laughs> um, you know, and I can't say I agree with picking a single Godzilla image. You know, especially the latest one. I mean, I can understand them doing it just because of the success of the film. But, you know, I mean... It's weird that they did that and then they put the original script, like, under it. (laughs) Is that what they did? Yeah, like, the base of the statue has the original... I I think it was Nakajima's script is in there. But then it's got a quote from Shin Godzilla on it, and it's that version of Godzilla. I don't know why they i mean they should just do a 54 version right uh, yeah i mean or yeah i mean i'd say 54 version or a kind of amalgam you know like a kind of blending together yeah. that's kind of what uh, the one they like had was that's what they had before you know before the millennium series yeah. so it was kind of like the best of godzilla in one didn't like yuji sakai do that thing too if I'm not mistaken, you know the the model maker. Uh, that's a better question for Matt. For that I, I can answer. You mean did he sculpt that statue? That you mean like the original? Right, right. I might be wrong. I I can't really remember offhand. But um, but anyway, no. I I mean I'll I guess I'll go now that Ed's in town. Go over to Ginza, uh, Yurakucho over in that area, and. Uh, and, and assess the damage. <laughs> and I, I think I might have mentioned that on Facebook or something, but I, I believe where they put the Godzilla statue was where a Starbucks was. So I know I've been there. I, I go to Ginza all the time, but I was there and uh, during construction, and uh, there was this kind of Starbucks, a very odd Starbucks that was kind of like not even part of the building. It was just like you had to walk up this. It was just like sitting there, like one floor off the half a floor off the ground. You walk upstairs, and it wasn't attached to any building. It was just this sort of like in the middle of this, right next to the old Godzilla statue. So it was sort of just like this free floating building that was just solely a Starbucks. And now. They took that out, and I think they put the Godzilla statue right on top of the remains of Starbucks. So, <laughs> um, huh. Well, the credits are over. The movie's over. Um, this was fun. Uh, I definitely learned quite a bit. 
You did? I did, okay. yeah. You know, there's a lot of fun trivia and tidbits in there that I w- did not know. Believe me, there's tons more. Oh, know? I bet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, no I've, been putting, I've been putting together uh, a text on uh, my experience on that. And I think I've mentioned before, yeah, it's yeah. supposedly slated for release, but it's in the middle of being translated. A release in Japan, so we'll have to see, you know, how that all goes, you know, how Toho will react to u- the use of photos and stuff. So, I mean, that's all still up in the air, yeah. but it is moving ahead slowly, and it's uh, massively long, you know, because, I mean, I just tried to convey, I don't think anyone's even really done in Japan, no one's ever done in Japan, is a, like a day-to-day kind of diary of what it's like to be on, you know, uh, a movie set, you know, and a Godzilla set. So, you know, I, I think that it has you know, some insight. Plus it's got, you know, my foreign, nutty foreign uh, <laughs> point of view of everything. So uh, my publisher seems to be really enthusiastic about it, which is good, but, you know, still have to yeah. deal with uh, his master's voice at Toho. So yeah. we'll see. Well, that's always a, a wormhole. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, they generally, you know, when, Speaking about Toho, um, they're generally more concerned about photos than they are about writing. You know, unless you're just saying, you know, blatant lies or mm-hmm. you know, uh, completely wrong facts and stuff like that. So they, um, they, they, they're really just, their whole concern is with the use of photos. Yeah. You know, misuse of photos. So. Um. In any case, so anyway, that would have, you know, if that'll ever come out in English is another thing. I'm working on the Japanese first, but that'll yeah. be, like I said, the, you know, watching the movie again, it's like, oh my God, no, this day, this day, this day. What kind of makes, it's actually, and I might have said this before, but one of the things that Wakasa said to me one day during the shooting of maybe Tokyo SOS, he goes, Godzilla's not in the theater. Godzilla is not the film. This is Godzilla, you know, on the set. And I wouldn't really have known it if I hadn't experienced, you know, several Godzilla productions like that. And it's not to belittle, you know, the movies, because the movies are what it's all about. But it's very much a different... When you look at the... When I look at the movie, it's kind of like just a shadow of what went on on the set, if if you know what I mean. You know, it's just like kind of... Like a dim you know, image of, you know, the, all the stuff that was going on and, and the detail and, and everything. But I mean, but that's what a movie is, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, every movie, you know, every movie has, you know, thousands of stories behind it, Mm -hmm. like Star Wars, which they bled all those stories to death, you know, or used to be, I used to love, you know, I'm really into Star Trek. So I used to go see the Star Trek actors and I used to love to see DeForest Kelly speak. He would say the same exact stories every single time. But you know what? I didn't care because it was just so much fun to listen to the guy. You know? So, anyway, uh, thank you for having me on this show. I mean, is there anything that you want to ask or something? before? Uh, I mean, I was just going to say thanks again because this was a lot of fun. We always enjoy having you on here. Um, 
And yeah, it, it was it was a blast. I don't know if Matt has any thoughts. No, I mean, I, I always enjoy listening to the stories. Like, for me, this is... I would much rather let the guy who was there and experienced it say something than try to interject stuff where I, like, don't know what I'm talking about. So, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing with us, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Yeah, no, this that is good stuff. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And when I'm feeling not so, like I said, one of these times you'll catch me when I'm, like, you know, super active and raring to go. <laughs> Not sick or hungover uh, or yeah, whatever. We have, yeah, there's a, a cold going around in my household, so yeah, that's uh, never fun. But okay, anyway, guys, thank you very yeah, much. No, thank you, and um, look forward to talking to you guys again. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again. Okay, thanks. <laughs>